0: Are you an athletic director or coach looking to make your locker room pop, looking to refresh your look, looking to redo your brand? Well, check out SI Design and Printing. They're going to transform your sports organization, athletic facilities into what you're looking for by enhancing the student athlete experience, boasting the brand, and honoring your past. They do that with banners, backlit signage, locker graphics, window graphics, fence mesh graphic designs, and so much more. If you need a refresh, SI Design is going to help you do that. Check them out online, sidesign.net. And hey, if you're a parent or a grandparent, they've got something for you as well, as SI Design is the leading provider of custom sports prints. They offer a variety of products, including posters, banners, canvases, and more. All you have to do is upload your high-quality studio, or action shot, and SI Design will create the memory for you. For more information, all you have to do is go to their website, sidesign.net forward slash sports prints, and you'll get all the information that you need. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in SI Design and Printing. Give them a call, 254-405-9492, or you can email them, info at sidesign.net, and tell Kyle that's Sideline to Sideline it's Week 7, 2As in district to playoffs are four weeks away, and we're here to talk about it. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett, Grant Goodwin here, sideline to sideline, the 2A edition. Week 7 brought to you by SI Design and Printing right here on L4 Media. And Grant, I, the one good thing about Week 7 is it gets us closest to the playoffs, but also we are thoroughly right in district
1: play. Yeah, we are. Some, <clears throat> some teams are kind of separating already, yeah. right? We know who... The real deal is we kind of know who the, some of the pretenders are. There are still some, maybe some uh, wolves in sheep clothing, or some sheep in and wolf clothing. Wolf clothing, yeah. right now, right? Yeah. and uh, we'll find out starting this week uh, if there's any pretenders still left. But. Pretty much the cream has risen to the top. And what we do
0: here each and every week is we review the past week. We preview the week that is, and we just talk all things Texas high school football. We do appreciate you joining us. And let's go ahead and get into talking week six. Speaking of pretenders, I'll start. Mark shuts out Heiko 23 to nothing. Mark is
1: not a pretender.
0: I was talking about Heiko. Oh, okay. You know, they came into the game four and one. A lot of people was wondering if they were going to be able to make a game of it. Now, they played well for a
1: quarter. Yeah, and to be honest they with you, they kept the ball. They ground, yeah. they you know ground and pound, and uh, kept the clock running and kept this game close into the what second quarter, right? It was and, and, basically scoreless, I think.
0: Yeah, and they held Mart to twenty three points, but at the end of the day, Mart was able to wear them down. JD Bell ran for two hundred thirty nine yards on twenty three carries, and we've talked about this for Mart, a team that you know just recently won many many state titles in a row they've kind of become the team for some reason people are kind of forgetting about in division yeah. 2 because the last couple years they've fallen short but i mean they're still there and 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 i still think they're a prohibitive favorite
1: oh yeah i would not overlook mart but yeah you're right i think we're in this um we're in this era of uh, high school football where if you're not getting style points and just you know blowing people off the map or there's somebody above you that is just you know, wiping the field with somebody, you're yeah. going to get lost. It doesn't matter about getting lost in the fray, though. And if nobody's talking about you or expects much about you, because there's a tournament yep. <laughs> that you can be who you are and tear through that. Mark does that every year, and they'll continue to do that this year. So, yeah, I would never write off Mark.
0: All right, another team that I know you want to write off, but I won't. Refurio—they took care of Three Rivers, fifty-nine to fourteen. Hey, man,
1: they're average, right? Yeah, they're okay. And, and Three Rivers is
0: another team that they came into the game four and one, but yeah. Refurio reminded who they are. Keelan Brown, seven of ten for two hundred nine yards passing. Ernest Campbell had three catches for seventy-five yards, also four carries for eighty-eight yards. Isaiah Avery, one hundred and seventeen yards receiving and seventy-five yards rushing. And this ca- look at the game that Ernest Campbell had. Yes.
1: Seventy-five yards rushing. What'd you say? Uh, 88, eighty-eight yards, yards uh, on four carries. <laughs>
0: this yeah, is
1: crazy, I, right? I, I, it's just like he's such a workhorse. And when you look at seventy-five yard or seventy-five yards receiving and eighty-eight yards uh, rushing, in the stat book, that might not look. Ex- you know, it's every both are below a hundred yeah, yards. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that is. Just that—that that is a workhorse that is going to oh, yeah. win you a lot of games in the playoffs. Well, right? I, I, and we saw what he did in the playoffs last year against Timpson. Yep. I mean, when you know uh, Murfuro just leaned on Timpson for three quarters, uh, and you know they were playing from behind. Ernest Campbell, Ernest Campbell, Ernest Campbell. And all of a sudden, that dude is Superman. I, I do want to bring up – things. Bringing, thank you for bringing up Timpson, because I do want to bring up
0: uh, – we're not going to talk about the game, but it, it kind of goes into comparison with this because I, I think people – we all know Ernest Campbell and we forget what Refiro has around him, Isaiah Ivory and
1: uh, Avery and Keelan Brown. And let's not – lest we forget the – uh the trenches. On both oh, yeah. Sides. Oh, yeah. The offensive and defensive My line. Gosh. They're not big, but they know how to, oh, th- that
0: they will, you know, they it's will wear, leverage. You know? Exactly. Look at what JJ Garner did last week against San Augustine for Timpson. Oh, God. He had a safety, two rushing touchdowns, 100 yards rushing, averaged 12.5 yards a carry, had a receiving score, a scoop in score, a pick six, three tackle for losses, and six tackles. I said this to you when you got into the studio I wonder if Timpson has found that because he's a junior folks he played last year but he was a sophomore I wonder though if if he ends up being the the, the difference if it is Timpson and Referio again because it felt like last year Timpson and Vosky Howard's a great player and I'm not trying to take away anything from anybody else for Timpson but at times it felt like it was Bussy versus Referio. JJ Garner I think adds that that's just just gonna make that game if it happens that more enticing
1: yeah yeah that that's a yeah, that's a great point, actually. And uh, you know, a- until JJ Garner kind of stepped into the limelight, and we saw him week one against, against bill and we thought, man, this kid's special. blew our blew right? our minds about how good he was at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and everything he did defensively. Yes, we got to remember he blew up the first three plays by, by himself Beckville's first drive. Yep, by himself basically. Right, and they eventually had to start running away from him. Right. Um, you know, he might be that one piece that they needed. Yeah, no, to I, get by Refurio, I don't know. It takes something special to get by Refurio. That's the thing. Yes, and maybe is JJ Garner that guy? You know, paired with uh, Bosky Howard and of course Terry Bussy. We'll see. But uh, man, I hope that game comes to fruition which it should I think right Oh I, I, mean, I mean is well, anybody well, else Well let's go ahead and
0: spring it up you know for okay. all the talk about how bad Beckville played in that week 1 uh yeah. they've been a completely different team since then now this week they destroyed Hawkins but it's it, I don't care you scored 92 points on a team 92 th- that's pretty... 92
1: to 12 and they held Hawkins to 12 and that's you know that's not a big like wow moment, yeah. you know holding Hawkins 12 but still
0: 92. 92. I, uh, I saw some of the stats. They had like 300 yards rushing. Uh, One of their guys had like 176 yards, but it was, it was only like – it was like 10 carries, something crazy like that. Yeah. It, it, I will say this. I still don't think that they just simply match up well with Timpson. I don't know if they match up well with Cooper. But I will say, if you want to see a team respond from a first-week loss that they're really – they
1: were looking all year for – that's a great—Beckville's
0: done everything you, you yeah, could ask. I,
1: I think we had talked about it, too. Uh, I think Beckville may, maybe has answered some questions that they had last year or, or addressed some problems where I think they put so much into rematching with Timpson that, oh, here's Cooper, right? Yeah. You know, Cooper's a nice little plucky team that maybe you know, we'll just uh, run through or uh, we'll squeeze one out. Against, but then we'll get to go play Timson again. Yep. I think Beckville, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but is maybe addressing it week by week, but now, right? And that's what you've got to do.
0: Yeah, and and it looks like Joaquin is down this year. Garrison beats them forty nine to twenty. Javian Black runs for one hundred six yards on thirteen carries. Amarian Raspberry, that's just a great name, ran for ninety two yards, and Braden Davidson threw for one hundred and sixty yards. And you know, for all the well, talk, Garrison. Well, that's about to say, you
1: know, it, it. All
0: things. Somebody on one of the on the two A Facebook said we talked a little bit too much. Timpson. and. I mean, it's Timpson and Refurio in Division One, and then everybody else. That doesn't right. mean there's not a worthy team, and we'll find out. Garrison plays Timpson the last week of the season, probably going to be for that district championship. They're both two and zero in eleven two A Division One.
1: We got to put that game on our uh, uh, possibilities. Yeah,
0: because right? you know, last year. Garrison took Timpson to the mat Get, Timpson ended up winning at 44 to 38 but I mean that was a back and forth game and, and I know some Timpson fans were like well hey you know we just kind of were looking ahead you won't be looking ahead this year so if if you if Garrison gives you that type of game again uh, now the problem was is they did that and then they immediately went and lost to Corgan Camden in the first round of the playoffs last year so right. I think one of the things you got to see from Garrison is a little bit more consistency week to week and I think they're showing that this year as they're 6-0 and uh, they have one one, two, three shutouts. They the most they've given up is twenty points to three A. Arp earlier this year. Um, so you know, if, if there's a team that's left on the regular season schedule that I think is going to truly
1: give Timpson a, a challenge, it's going to be Garrison. Yeah, we got to really think about going to that game. All right, how about Seymour? Forty six Archer City, twenty eight Seymour's quarterback Br- uh, Braden Lloyd had a big night where he had sixteen completions for two hundred ninety nine yards and five touchdowns. Uh, David Charo had six catches for 97 yards. Seymour kind of seems like they've come out of nowhere. Yeah. The last – you know, nobody was thinking about Seymour for the first two or three weeks, and now all of a sudden – They've shown up on the big stage. Yeah, you know, they lost
0: to Albany in week three, and it wasn't close. I think everybody kind of forgot about them, or at least put them into, okay, they're okay. Uh, But, you know, I I think the the win against Archer City, I know Archer City has struggled, uh, but still – Seymour going 2-0 in district and in a 7-2A Division two district that I really, you know, Winthorst just seems a little bit down this year. They are. They um, are. In saying that, that, their losses are to Munster and Bremont, to 2A stalwarts. But still, mm-hmm. I, I think this district's for the taking, and I think Seymour, that Seymour uh, – uh, they
1: have a really good chance against Winthorpe. So I was trying to see when that is, second to the last week of the season. Yeah, and I'd be surprised if uh, Seymour didn't actually pull this out and win this district. Yeah, no, I, I could see that happening easily. All right, uh, Sunray, 68, Guyman, Oklahoma, 27. Sunray's quarterback, Armando uh, Armando Lujan, went 31-44 of 44 for 394 yards passing. He ran for 80 yards on 16. Uh, six carries. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care who you're playing uh,
0: in, in the high school level to throw that many yards. That just uh, is impressive to me. They're five and one. Their only loss on the year was to uh, Stratford, 23 to 20 in week two. Uh, since then, they've gone on 80, 65, 81, and 68 points scored. Uh, they've had three shutouts in that stretch. Uh, they start off district. Next week, this is one of the smaller districts. So they've still got Lubbock Christian, uh, this week, uh, at Lubbock Christian. They'll probably lose that game. Lubbock Christian's a 3A yeah. size school, but don't be surprised if, if the Cats end up winning it. And, and, and just talk about that late district, talking to a couple of the coaches that we have shows with that they're not starting district yet. I can tell you more and more coaches are like, You know, I like this division stuff, but this four- and five-team districts just – it drags you down. And when you're in the middle of October and you've got the normal aches and pains and you hadn't even started district yet and everybody else is two, maybe even three games in the district. Yeah, kind of puts
1: you – Stack deck against you, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it just yeah, it,
1: it,
0: it maybe we need to chart and see how teams that come out of those four and five how they do in that first round of the playoffs. We'll put in her noe on that. Oh, so we'll never get that done then is what you're saying. Probably not. All right. Well, let's go ahead and now turn our attention to week seven. And boy, we've got some great showdowns. We're gonna start with I think the one everybody's talking about across the state. Uh Coleman, the Blue Cats taking on the Rattlers of Tolar. This is gonna be a great game.
1: Yeah, it is. Coleman, you know, five and one, their only loss was to uh, Mason. In week one 29 to 20, and that's look that's now a great loss. Yeah, Mason came off a there's coming off a big win over Wall by what seven points last week. Wall was looking at, at one point like you know outside of their loss to Jim Ned, yeah, they were looking like one of the favorites out in the region in class three. a Now, you know, Coleman answers they beat Lano 26 20, and Lano, let me tell you, Coleman gives up size-wise as far as numbers they give up a lot cuz Lano is a large school. Yeah, I know Lano's a little bit down from where they were last year but
0: they're going to still probably be playing for that region by the end of the year. Oh
1: yeah, they um, cuz they're just young. Be. They're just yeah.
0: young. The talent's still there at Lano but they lost a ton from that team last year uh and to me that that's I was as impressed with that Uh, win for Coleman as I was as the Mason win for Mason as you looked at what Mason's done. They also Cullin also beat Shutout Bunger. They beat Brady. They beat Goldwaith, and They re- beat San Saba last week. Now, San Saba game, it was back and forth early, but the Blue Cats were able to stretch it out. Uh, but I mean, let's be honest, none of them are, are, are taller, in, in my right. opinion. And and at the end of the day, I you know, taller, I know they're four and one with, with their one loss being to that Dallas Christian school, which I, I almost wish you could count that yeah. as an asterisk when you lose to a private school, you know, just because you just never know what you're going to get. I, I know that this is one of the bigger games the state but i still think the rattlers win this comfortably uh
1: i don't know how comfortably but i think
0: they do now Peyton brown is still not playing so that is a huge thing but they i mean at this point garrison
1: nation has stepped exactly big time i was gonna say at this point they've
0: kind of i mean they haven't had him
1: pretty much all year they're they're used to not having him by now yeah and isaac blessing at quarterback has really kind of uh taken up some of the offensive slack as well as well as uh matthew barron's at, at receivers so uh, and we know the physicality of this Toler defense, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I I think Coleman will will keep it somewhat close, but I think at the end of the day, Toler wins this one uh, by fourteen points or so. All right, we brought up Garrison earlier. Let's bring them up again as they're going to
0: take on Shelbyville, mm-hmm. and, and this is just one of those for Garrison. Again, we talked about you know being consistent. Uh, last year they were kind of up and all, up and down all over the place they were 7 and 4 they lost to Warren they lost to Joaquin and then they lose to Timson in that close one and then they get kind of thudded by Corg and Camden in the first round I, this is a perfect test for them because this is Warren.
1: That's the one that kind
0: of sticks. Yeah. By. From so last like year. Yeah. Warren. Really? Yeah. And this year they didn't play Warren. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's the wrong schedule. Let me, okay. let me go back. No, oh, no, no. That's no. what I'm saying. No, no. I'm
1: talking about, no, last year's when they lost to Warren. I was talking about know, this year they beat know, Warren know, 26 to nothing. I know, but still losing to Warren. Yeah.
0: Last year, 100%.
1: Uh, but Garrison, I mean, look, they're loaded at the running back position with Raspberry and then JV, uh, JV and Black. Uh, a really
0: good quarterback in Brayden Davidson, a really athletic defense. 19 right. returning starters from that t- squad last year. So
1: Now, this defense could be test- – look, Shelbyville's quarterback, DJ Barnes, is a dual-threat quarterback in all sense of the word, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, he's going to test this Garrison defense. We're going to see how good this Garrison defense is. I think they'll pass the test and go on to win this football game. Uh, will it be close? do you think?
0: Yeah, you know, last year this game was close for a little bit. Garrison got ended up stretching out and making it look worse than I think it was if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong. It could have been the exact opposite. They jumped out big and never Mm -hmm. there were a lot of trash touchdowns. I think there's a chance for Garrison in the next couple weeks to, if they're looking ahead to Timpson, beat struggle in the first couple of quarters and then get right. Now, let's also remember they have their big rivalry game in two weeks against St. Augustine, and for a yeah. lot of garrison fans, that's still the more important game just because it's St. Augustine. Right. Um, but I think that they'll take care of Shelbyville, but it wouldn't shock me if this is one of those at halftime we're like, oh, look at this, and then by the thir- end of the third, it's a three-score comfortable game.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. But I think this Shelbyville defense, or offense uh, with DJ Barnes and then Dylan Parker running back are enough, to scare you at least a little bit. I agree. Uh, if you're a Garrison fan, can our defense hold up and stop those two? Um, but offensively, I think uh, Garrison will move the football on this Shelbyville uh, defense. Yeah, and I, I think they end up winning comfortably, like you said.
0: All right, let's swing over to 13 a Division 2 We've got Chilton at Bremont. Uh Chilton comes into this game. It, it's funny. They come into the game 5-0. and mm-hmm. uh, Bremond comes into it 3-2, and but this is basically a pick'em game because when you look at who Bremont lost to, the Kearns game's a little weird, but it was a one-point game, and then they lost to Holland by 10 points. They beat Winthorce, uh last week, 35-13. to We were just talking about Winthorst in the last segment.
1: Uh, I hate Terrence Scott for Bremont ran for 191 yards last week against uh, Winthorst.
0: Yeah, and, and Winthorst is still a, a, a scrappy little defense. I, I like Bremont in this game. I do too. Um, I, I know Chilton. Well, you know
1: what? No, no. I'm going against the grain here, and I'm going Chilton in a very close one.
0: All right, let's look at who they've played. Uh, they beat and they have they have really impressive numbers. They beat Bosqueville thirty four to nothing. Uh, they held on to beat Italy twenty to fourteen. They beat Norman G sixty two to nothing. They beat Hearn nineteen to thirteen. I remember we talked about that game. Uh, Chilton jumped out, I think nineteen to nothing, and then had to kind of hold on in the last quarter as Hearn made a little bit of a comeback. And, and we talked about that. Like that was a kind of an interesting game. You'd have thought Chilton would have won by a couple scores. And then last week, I thought they answered that with by beating a, a not a great Deweyville team, thirty four to eight. Uh, in this district, I mean, you, you've got Granger at four and one, and, and you've got Iola at four and one, but neither one of them feel like this feels like the district championship. It now, maybe does. you, maybe one of these teams, whoever loses this game, one of the other teams can knock off because you kind of get them in a down week. Uh, but I, I still feel like this is for the district championship, and I just think
1: Bremont's is a little bit too deep for, for the Pirates. And they might. Uh, they might be, but I'm taking Chilton in what I consider probably a little bit of an upset. Yeah, like I said, it's basically considered a,
0: a one-point game or a pick game. Okay. game. Uh,
1: Albany at Miles, uh, I
0: will admit, I had not thought much about Miles until you brought them up in this game. Four and yeah, one. Yeah, they're four and one. There's so many teams out there that are just but kind of four and there's one. There's a
1: reason Albany is undefeated right now, right? <laughs> Adam
0: Hill. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Denny Faith, that coach, and a really
1: good defense. fish Chip Chambers, Chip Chambers at quarterback. Coming, yeah. yeah. I I feel like Miles is really up against it.
0: Yeah, they really That's are. Good. And here's the problem with Miles: uh, they're fun to watch, but boy, they give up tons of points. Yeah. Uh, On the year, they've scored 72, 66, and 70, uh, but they've given up 36, 36, and 68. I are think. they the 2A version of the center roughnecks, maybe? Yeah. Almost, Well, we'll be talking about them. I will say, man, it's so funny how last week uh, when we had our little special Sideline to Sideline while you were out, we kind of talked about how Center might have one of the most underrated uh you know, triple threats on offense and the stats they put up last week just provide that. I don't think Miles is quite as explosive, and I think Miles might be a little bit better defensively. I don't think it matters this week, though. Albany will, I don't want to say they're going to name their score, but I think they can name their score. Yeah. I don't know if anybody in that district will really challenge Albany. And that's kind of always been the what, what happens to Albany before they finally broke through and got that state, is they kind of got that refereed treatment of well who do you, you know you don't really get to play a lot of great teams so you don't really get tested till third round of the playoffs right um, all right let's swing over into North Texas as we'll start to wrap this up uh Celeste uh, hosting Collinsville now Celeste last week struggled against Lindsay uh, a, a night team that's has some a- athletes, but it's they're pretty young, and they're not really big, and they'd only won two games, beating Meridian and Valley View on the year. Uh, they led most of this way, but you got to give Celeste credit. They came back and won. And let's also be honest, for Lindsay. Uh, and this is something I've talked to with coaches, they were 0-1 going into this game in district. This was probably their elimination game. Yeah. So you're going to get any team the first two weeks of district, you're going to usually get their best. You're going to get their best, obviously, when everybody's 0-0, and then you're going to definitely get it again when they're 0-1 and their back's against the door. Because now, Lindsay, with, with their schedule, with Era, Santo, Munster, and Chico, they're going to have to win out if, if, to possibly get into the playoffs so, or hope some you know, things happen at the top to where things can you know can, g- get them back into play. But anyway, uh, this game's going to be interesting. Collinsville, of course, we've talked about them. Their passing attack is bar none. Logan Jenkins, man. And he's been doing this with Carter Scott mostly out. Mm-hmm. And Carter Scott is their big wide receiver, six foot three. He's yeah, they've the big been lead. doing it with uh, Colin Barnes and Ryan Newman, right? Yeah, Ryan Newman. And, and I don't know if Carter Scott's coming back. Uh, I, I've heard some people, and a lot of that, this is one of the things I still love about small balls. These things are still secrets. Uh, some have said, no, he's out for the year. Some have said, no, he'll be back by, you know, when it matters. I would think that this would be a game that might matter. I, I, I like Collinsville in this game, but Celeste likes to do what Cooper did, and that's run the ball and
1: play keep away. And that's what you got to do. And and Celeste has three really good running backs in Anthony Powell, Brock Stewart, and uh, uh, Jason Menner. Yep. And they are going to have to ground and pound with those three guys. Uh, That's the same recipe that uh, Cooper had. Didn't work, you know, or it worked for them. Uh, But is Celeste good enough up front to make that happen? That's the
0: thing. And also Cooper was able to make just enough defensive plays early to put Collinsville behind. And the the thing that concerns me with them, with Celeste, and I know every game is different, but if you're giving up 27 to Lindsey – I'm thinking Collinsville can at least double that without even trying. Yeah, And so I think at the end of the day, it wouldn't shock me again, kind of going back to this one of those games where if Celeste scores first and plays keep away a little while, and then Collinsville kind of figures it out. and, and I don't know, think that's going to happen. They might score first.
1: Yeah. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep uh, play keep away long enough. I mean, Collinsville That's my point. That's, yeah, they, they yeah. Want to be to play, they'll play Quick keep away strike. early, but not yeah. enough, yeah.
0: Uh, and we'll finish up. And this is more. This really. Two quick
1: hitters. We got two we quick got hitters. We got one more. What's the other one? Uh, Stratford. And oh, yeah. Farwell. I'm sorry.
0: I did not. I did not Stratford put that on the sheet. Stratford 5 0. Yes. Farwell one.
1: 4 and 1. Four, uh, Farwell, a little bit uh, surprising right now, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think Stratford wins this game.
0: Yeah. I think Stratford names their score in that one. All
1: right. And then Holland uh, 5 and 0. Taking off 5 and 1 Thrall. Yeah. Thrall. I love that name. Uh, the Tigers, I they're one of those that you just. Every
0: time I see that white helmet with the big tiger on it, I just love the way it looks with the T. Kind of like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Timpson kind of does the same thing, but I like the way Thrall does it on the white helmets. In saying mm-hmm. that, I, I don't think they
1: win this game. Yeah, I, I like Holland in this yeah. one as well.
0: All right, let's finish up with Honeygrove, and we're really not talking about the game because it's against Rivercrest, and that's they're going to destroy Rivercrest. Uh, I really wanted to finish up on the fact of they have yet to be scored on. Yeah. Not in the first quarter, the second quarter, in trash time, overtime, no time, all at the time, all. at all. They have given up zero points. And when I first saw that and I sent that information to you you said it best i don't care who you play you're four games in and you haven't given up any points that there's something
1: about that defense that's at least going to be yeah. scrappy here in a couple weeks when they're having to take on cooper and i'll tell you one thing that defense overshadows the running game for honey grove as well rylan morris and running back deon morris the two morrises they're ripping it up as well and so if you have a strong running game uh, like Honeygrove does, yeah. And then, yeah, you can pitch some shutouts like that. I mean, that's that's a recipe for very successful playoff football right there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and I, now they take on, uh, when's that Cooper game? That Cooper game is going to be
0: October 20th. Let's go ahead and talk about 9 2 A Division one. You've got a district, and you and I always talk about one of the problems with these. this district is where they're at. They don't get to play a lot of 2-A competition that's on a, a level that's like a region threat mm-hmm. and, and you're seeing it this year because Cooper who have who has played Collinsville but they're five and one Honeygrove's four and zero. Oh. Wolf City's four and one uh, uh, Alba Golden's five and one so there's a lot of pretty records in there but at the end of the day it's going to be Cooper and Honeygrove and then I think everybody else is a step below those two and I, and I honestly a, as great as Honeygrove is and we have a Honeygrove guy that sends in all the stats William we appreciate it I still think I would be very shocked if 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 Honey Grove even gives Cooper much of a game outside of maybe a half. Last year it was like thirty four to six, and it wouldn't shock me
1: if it was the same way this year. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my uh, uh, my prediction on that one until the week of because I want to see more of Honey Grove. We've only had a four week sampling. Yeah. Um. I'm not so sure I'd be fast to agree with you just yet on that. I I think maybe Honey Grove does have a legitimate shot at taking Cooper and winning this district. Uh, But we'll see. I'll I'll make up my mind on the – what? That was on October 20th. 20th. So you'll
0: make it up that Tuesday. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Maybe. We'll just sit here until you come up with it. We might sit for 72 hours. Like, I might announce that on the 4A show tonight. On the 4A. Oh, wow. You got it quick <laughs> then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for week 7, 2A. If you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, email us, Terry at s 2 sport.com uh, You can also find us on Facebook, at line, or just sideline to sideline, on Twitter, at grantandterry. And until week eight, he is Grant. I am Terry, and this has been Sideline to Sideline, the Week 7 2A edition brought to you by SI Design and Printing right here on L4 Media.